We begin in a uh, dark and crowded Victorian theater, music house. There's a uh, oriental performer, Mr. Chang, and his marionette is carrying them off stage. And Mr. Jago, we see, we learn is the theater manager. Uh, is complimenting him on an excellent show and is how uh, uh, probably you operate that dummy with a uh, strings up his sleeve and such. Um, I'm trying to figure out how he, he works the, this little ventriloquist uh, dummy who we learn is called Mr. Sin. A man from the street uh, bursts in and he's talking to one of the stagehands saying, you know, he's, he's looking for his Emma and to learn his, it's his wife who had come to the show and she's missing. Um, she'd come to the, been to the show, been up on the stage in the um, hypnotist part of the act and has been funny ever since. And so she'd come back to the theater to the side door to see um, and he saw her in his cab. Um, so he knew she came there and not to be persuaded that she wasn't there somewhere. So Mr. Chang takes him back to uh, his rooms to, to talk with him and uh, says, oh, no, no, she's, she was here and she came to see you, I know it. Um, and we see the, the dilapidated uh, water front riverside area with steps up to the street and then here's where in the mist is where the TARDIS materializes. Leela steps out of the TARDIS in um, more Victorian clothing um, that she says is ridiculous but the doctor says well you can't be running around Victorian London in skins you'll, so you'll, you'll frighten you frighten the tourists, I think, is what he says. Um, and she gets kind of irritated with him. He says, you put me in strange clothes and you tell me nothing. You're just trying to annoy me. He says, no, I'm going to take you to a show. And we're going to take in some entertainment at the time. So backstage, um, during the show, Casey, the stagehand, uh, tells Mr. Jago that he saw a terrible apparition when he was down in the basement in the cellar and he's not going down there again. Jago wants them to keep quiet about it because he doesn't want anyone knowing that there's any problems with the theater. He says, you know, later we'll, we'll go down and I'll look around with you and we'll find it. It's probably just stray cats. The cabbie, which I didn't catch his name, I think it was Miller? Miller? Beller? Something I want to say it's Buller. Buller, okay. <laughs> he's walking down the streets and we see he's being followed by Mr. Sin, the marionette. Um, then Doctor and Leela are walking through the uh, alleyways and hear a cry. So they run to um, aid and see there's a group of 
Chinese man and they seem to be carrying someone and this little doctor says, hey, what's, what are you doing here? And there's a fight that ensues. The doctor fights with the Chinese fighters and then Lulu joins in um, and seems to be winning the fight against one when the police whistle sounds through the fog. Before the police arrive, the doctor, uh, all of the others scatter and the doctor examines the ground where they uh, had found the body, sorry body. The doctor tells the police that uh, they were attacked and everything that happened and the officers are like, you have to come down to the station. Back at the theater, there's a, the hypnotism part of the act and um, Mr. Chang has his marionette, Mr. Sin, and uh, telling Mr. Sin is uh, commenting on the levitation act, kind of heckling his levitation act, saying, oh, she's being held up by wires. So um, Mr. Chang will go over and take a sword and swish through to prove that she's not being held up and they continue with this, um, showing this um, his magical act. Um, from the from the wings of the stage, Mr. Jago is watching, puffing on his cigar, and um, he happens to see that from where the marionette is sitting is propped up, there's uh, blood dripping down. It appears to be blood dripping down Mr. Sin's hand onto the floor. The doctor and Leela are at the police station answering questions with the officer. The doctor is very impatient with the sergeant. Uh, he turns away at one point, pacing as he wants to get out of there, and says something about the sergeant being an idiot. And says, what, what was that? This is nothing complimentary. And they, he continues to try to tell the story. Leela tells that um, the gang of Chinese fighters were carrying a dead man who had been stabbed through the heart. She could tell, because she is the warrior of the Seventeen, and she knows all of the all of the ways a man can die here, all the sounds of death, or something like that. Um, uh, she wants them to get the Chinese man they have in custody to talk. Um, the doctor says, oh, we, we don't need an interpreter. I can, I can speak different uh, Cantonese, Mandarin, and he proceeds to say something in what is supposed to be Chinese. To the, to the man, and he seems uh, to be turned to the doctor like he recognizes what he's saying. Um, but then we hear the police whistle sound again from outside, and it's come from the river. So we watch as the police find a body in the river and try to pull it in while there's an old uh, street woman watching on and looking on and as they pull it out of the water, they say, oh, I've never seen anything like that before. Mr. Chang arrives at the police station to answer the complaint against one of his men. Um, the doctor and Leela meet Mr. Chang, uh, but not by name. The doctor says, you know, haven't I seen you somewhere before? Um, very familiar with him. And he mentions it, well, I haven't been in China for over 400 years, though. It's a reference to Marco Polo. Um, Chang then um, sits down at the table to talk to his 
uh, to the man and asked the policeman for a piece of paper and a pencil or something. So as the policeman turns away, uh, Chang opens the ring for, on his hand and a little red, uh, almost like a jewel, drops out, which the man reaches across the table to grab and pops in his mouth. As the doctor just then recognizes Chang as Li Sen Chang, the showman, and uh, as uh, the doctor realizes who he is, the Chinese man falls over dead. The doctor comes over and examines him and says, Scorpion venom. And um, with a very concentrated version of it, where did you, you know, get something like that? And Chang doctor sees that the uh, Chinese man has a tattoo of a black scorpion on his hand and he says it is a mark of the is it the tongue of the scorpion a powerful a political organization but Chang feigns uh, seems to be feigning innocence he doesn't know really what the doctor is talking about so the doctor tells his police officer that he he wants an autopsy done on this man, and orders a inquest that he'll uh, certainly help with. Um, as we pan across the streets of London, there are missing girl posters up all over town. Jago and Casey are uh, locking up the theater and talk about the uh, girl performers they've had in the show and they hope that they all get home safely. Casey says, oh, is it the Jolly Jack back at the, at the job? Um, meaning, could it be the Ripper? Um, so they get ready to lock up more and Jago takes the opportunity to go into Mr. Chang's quarters and check out Mr. Sin, the marionette who's in his uh, basket. As he looks at it, checks out his hands, we see that the uh, marionette's eyes kind of pop open. But Jago doesn't see this. He does notice, see that it was blood on the hand. He thinks he hears something and he's cautious and looks behind him. And in a shot on the wall, there's a mirror and we see Casey enter uh, in the reflection, which scares uh, Mr. Jago because he thought he was going to be discovered and he reprimands Casey for that but Casey reminds him they were going to go off and look for some ghosts that he had been scared by he says oh yes I'm a man of my word we'll, we'll go look for your apparition as the doctor and Leela walking from the police station he tells her of the more of the black scorpion group that are followers of the mythical ghost, um, mytho mythical god, uh, Wang Chiang. Um, the followers will believe, believe will return to earth one day and has, um, different magical powers. And I says, oh, it's all superstitious nonsense, but that's what they believe. Doctor and Leela get to the morgue, and the uh, constable tells, uh, shows them in to meet uh, Inspector Lightfoot. Lightfoot, right? 
Professor Lightfoot. Professor Lightfoot. Um, and he is examining the body. Uh, he's examining the body that had been brought from the river. And he says, well, what do you make of that? And the doctor looks at it too and says, some kind of animal attack, but, you know, looks like rodents, but it's like, look how big everything, you know, is. Um, but the professor says, the funny thing is, is that's not what killed him. He was killed by a knife blow to the heart. Um, and he says, oh, and the only identification we have is this cabbie number, so we can look him up that way, but they didn't have an ID on him yet. The doctor finds something else curious, a bunch of hairs he picks up to show, and they're really, really long, and he says, um, they're rat hairs. He says, you know, what you're saying, that, you know, animal would be of a humongous size. Uh, the doctor then says to Leela that he remembers another thing about Wing Chiang as being the god of abundance. He makes everything around him grow bigger. The doctor tells Leela to stay and he heads off. He's going to, um, I forget where he says he was going to go. Um, he tells her to stay. He heads off down the alleys, the back roads, back, back ways. Um, we see he's followed by a Chinese man with an axe. He throws the axe and misses the doctor, hits the building, and the doctor turns and says, are you trying to get my attention? But the Chinese man just kind of stopped and staring and can't verbalize, can't speak, and then falls to the ground. And we see that Leela has followed the doctor and thrown a Janus thorn at the Chinese man to stop him from killing the doctor. Blow dart, actually. A blow dart. Oh, that's what she called him. No, no, it was a Janus thorn. Oh, okay. She didn't throw it. Oh, sorry. She did. It was she a blow dart. Um, that she brought from her home planet, anyway. Um, which the doctor is not very happy that she uses those. But he says, she was, he was going to kill you. The doctor and Leela find the entrance to the sewers. The doctor says how all the sewers are connected and um, he's off uh, looking for the culprit, the animal culprit. So we see uh, uh, rats in the, on the ground and the waters and squeaking, a lot of rats squeaking and sloshing through the water as they go along in the sewers until the heads we see a shadow and we hear a large noise and then the very big scrabbling noise uh, ahead and then a giant rat comes out of the sewers ahead of them coming right for them and then it I like this one so far have you seen this one before? Uh, yes I have okay Again, as I said before, some of it's foggy with these ones, but I know I've seen this one. Um, I think it's as similar to Pyramids of Mars, where it's very uh, atmospheric, very nice for the period. Um, what little bits we, we see of it 
you know, it's not a study in Victorian in uh, Victorian times, but there's enough of it that you know when they, when they are. Right. Even without the doctor saying anything about, you know, Victorian dress and everything, um, that's just uh, extra information. But I think you could tell even without it. Yeah. Which is a good thing. So you have to rely on the doctor to tell you where you, where they are and when they are. Then they haven't done as good a job with their prop and set work and stuff. Well, except for places that aren't real. Well, yeah. Um, he kind of has to tell you then. Yes, but if it's a more historical, earth historical time, um, then they've done a good job if you don't need them to tell you when they landed. Um, but I thought it was really uh, nicely done. Um, the shot with uh, when Casey comes in the room to startle Jago um, was really pretty nice in that we see just the shot of the wall with the mirror on it, and then mm -hmm. we see Casey walk in, and we see that in the mirror. So it was a nice uh, little good shot mixed in with the story. Mm-hmm. Nice reference to a previous Doctor Who story and uh, Marco Polo. Yeah, it's sort of a subtle reference. Yeah. If you started at the first Doctor like we have in our podcast, you would know. Um, another thing, you've got the, you know, the um, mysticism and the show, showmanship that we get in the, the bit of the act that we see. Um, the act itself, the levitation act and mm -hmm. such, it, it carries on a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. Well, I always wonder, though, what the point of having it go so long is. Yeah. It does seem to take forever. At a point when you should be I guess neck deep in the story they give you a taste of his act for whatever reason yeah it's one choice that I've, I've never understood well the uh, well the marionette uh, the, the dummy mm -hmm. uh, is sitting by itself but still made to talk maybe that's what it wants to, to show that it doesn't it's not just that he uses it as a ventriloquist dummy and holds it and has it speak we do mm. see him do that yeah I think they could have done it in other ways and it still would have been fine we also see the blood on the dummy's hands yeah but, but still again other they, ways they could have done it yeah they didn't need to go with the whole you know let me prove it she's not on wires and such you know? yeah and then the whole lifting her up over his top knot, over his head, was wobbly uh, at best. Because um, it was two stage people dressed in black lifting the, the person or the, or the doll. I couldn't tell if it, I don't think it was a real person. Stretched out. No, I, I'm, I think it might have been, but have been. I'm not sure either. Yeah. Um... So yeah, that part we really didn't need to see. So 
I guess the main point was that um, then Dago suspects something. So that he sees it from Wings as he's watching the show. Um, uh, I think it was interesting that I think it mentioned that the 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 acts that they show there actually they did by real practical magic mm-hmm. tricks. You know, it wasn't just yeah. Any CSO or special effects, they, they did it more in the practical sense mm-hmm. of the full magic trick. I appreciate that. I don't know what I would have known that had they not seen that in the production notes, but you know, we have that benefit, so we can share that. <laughs> um, there's the um. The only thing I have to say is it, it, it does fit for the time, but there is the, the, the stereotypical Chinese um, accent that Mr. Chang has. Um, but like I said, it, it is fit with the, the area that they're, that they're in. Um, Mr. Chang actually makes a, a comment when the doctor says, I think I've seen you somewhere before. He says, you know, well, we all look alike, don't we? Um, so a little poke at, at that stereotypical Chinese no. um, look and affect. Uh, he makes me think a lot of Peter Sellers as Dr. Fu Manchu, mm. actually. was very politically incorrect movie. Um, they're very, at the time, was even boycotted, I believe. Yeah, probably. But um, I thought it was just funny. It was poking fun at uh, that type of thing. Anyway, him, this Mr. Chang's portrayal just makes me think of, of that movie instead. Um, what did you think? Oh, I like this episode a lot. I like this story a lot, anyway. Mm-hmm. I have, like I said, I have the one problem with why they continue, why they show that his act so long. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's kind of fun. Yeah, and there's a shadow of the Ripper, and there's girls missing, and there's this strange Chinese man with a mystical act that seems to be enthralling people. Um, there's a uh, Chinese gang and there's bodies thrown in the river, possibly attacked by a large animal. Um, and then this idea of this ancient god uh, come back to earth. Mm-hmm a lot for one episode, but it's really good. Did you notice that uh, the doctor is without his scarf? No, I didn't. I guess his scarf didn't really go with the um, Deerstalker outfit. Yeah, he the is scarf-free. 
be nice to, like you said before, he has the, the, the hat and the, the cape type uh, right. uh, coat. But the Humzian. And they play with that quite a bit in this, actually. Yeah. And the ridiculous clothing that Leela is wearing is like a, um, a, a long sleeve shirt, a vest, and a, a plaid with a matching cap with her hair tucked under it and mm -hmm. you know, breeches, um, uh, knicker. Knickerbockers, Knickerbockers or yeah, as, uh, that felt wrong, so, um, but breeches past the knee and, and socks, so it's kind of like a, a Victorian boy might wear, maybe, uh, yeah, more that's than a, a sort of the funny thing lady. about that outfit to me is it's not a very feminine outfit no. for the time. But that was probably the only thing he's going to be able to get her into. Probably. Versus her skins, as he calls them. Um is that she's not going to wear a dress like Victoria that Sarah Jane wore yeah. in Pyramids of Mars. One, that'd be overdone because she's already done that, so that probably wouldn't be appropriate. But again, that's just not something she would, that was probably the least offensive thing he could pick of the area, era that she would wear, <laughs> being the warrior of the 17, as yeah. she is. It wasn't going to happen, I don't think. So. Cliffhanger? Sure. Big rat in the sewers. Because where else would you find it? Yeah. And I guess it wasn't too terrible. It's a big... Yeah. They put a rat in the model sewer so that it was a life-size rat just made to look really big. Yeah, unfortunately the focus shows you that it's a miniature mm. since everything is in focus. Yeah, I think CSO would have been better. No. Yeah. I think it's just as bad either way. I yeah. think they made the best of a bad situation as far as that goes. Because a giant rat in a sewer is a bad situation. Yeah, it's not a bad situation. I meant, but what? whatever floats your boat. <laughs> a bad filming situation. Yeah. How to get that idea on the film in a good way. I don't know that there is one. Yeah, me neither. So, you know, that's what they're going for. Um, the fear factor. But uh, we don't believe they're really in danger. But how are they going to get away from their giant rat? So it's more the question. Not is the giant rat going to eat them, but um, how will they get away from it? I imagine running is out of the question. Of course. That's simple. Something will have to intervene and scare the rat away, probably, before yeah, they're able to run. Don't like that anymore. They'll wing chain, they'll call it back. 
I think that's probably more likely. He'll get the return signal. Oh, so we'll see more of the rat when he pulls up. Yay. Oh, probably. <laughs> Looking forward to the next one. That's what we will talk about tomorrow. Join us then for episode two of The Talons of Wang Chiang. Join us then, and thank you for listening.